Welcome back, everyone. Once Upon a Phrase, this is Season 2, Episode 3, the number 9. I'm your host, Jason. And your other host, Lisa. And as always, before we get started, just a reminder, wherever you're listening to us out there in the podcast world, Google, Apple, Spotify, what have you, um, you know, rate and review us. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Once Upon a Phrase. And if you are in the Chicagoland area, you definitely need to hit up Fat Chris's Pizza. They are one of our biggest sponsors um, and personal friends. So give them a shout out. Also, just to recap some new season stuff, we are releasing episodes biweekly. And the most exciting thing I think we're starting this season is we've had a lot of friends um, tell us that they're curious about different phrases that they've heard and they'd love for us to cover. So friends or any of our listeners, submit your phrases on Instagram and maybe it'll get on one of our episodes this season. Yeah, I'm actually pretty excited about today's listener request. Um, I can't wait to get to the end of the show. Um, and, you know, depending on when you're listening, uh, we're a day past our bi-weekly posting, but it was the holidays for us which won't make any sense if you're listening to this at a different time, but it is currently the day after Christmas. So, um, you ready to get started, Lisa? I'm ready. Okay, so, the number nine. It seems like a weird theme for an episode, but it does have a lot of meaning. So, this is really interesting, because originally this episode started off as, you know, phrases or words, you know, related to numbers. Um, And we just kept finding a lot with the number nine incorporated. So I did some digging on that. So even before we jump into the phrases, nine in itself is like a very spiritual number. Did you so say nining itself? Nine in itself. Oh, okay. No. I heard nining. I was like, we're making it into a verb now, but go no. ahead. <laughs> That's not a bet. Actually, nining, I am going to make it in a verb because I like that. Um, no, it's a bit, it's a spiritual number. Um, and a lot of, you know, religions and things like that, it represents selflessness it represents you know sort of everything it's all encompassing because nine is sort of the combination of all the other numbers okay and you even see it a lot throughout history like the nine muses yeah we should start this on a youtube stream you guys should see lisa's lisa's face yeah the nine muses um well what about math numerology right i know you're a teacher i know you're not a math teacher but um, nine is closure. It's completion. It's the last. Last full... of the single digits. Okay. Yes. And then every number after that, the two digit numbers are made up of one of the numbers that is made up of nine. So it signifies the end of a cycle. It signifies like new beginnings. So whether it's numerology or, you know, religion or humanitarian nature, it, it's sort of, you know, it's an important number, right? So, if there are, you know, any other phrases out there with nine, you know, please send them our way. But these were the four that we wanted to focus on today. Lisa, you want to get us started? Sure. So, my first phrase is cloud nine. Have you heard that one before? Yeah, like people say that they're on cloud nine. Right. So, yeah. Okay, it, yeah. It, it means extreme happiness or like feeling like you're on top of the world. I just made it to a fantasy championship, so I am not quite. I guess I'd be on cloud eight if that's a thing. I'll be on cloud nine if I win my matchup next week, but go on. So I found this one was quite interesting. 
Um, I didn't think it was some of the possible origins or reasons why it's being used. Um, I did not think about it, but I guess looking at it literally. So one of the possible origins is based on cloud classifications by meteorologists. Wait, 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 wait. This is actually about clouds? So this phrase, cloud nine, it it has roots in actual clouds? Kind of. So um, I think back of when I was back to doing this, when I was researching, I remember in grade school you learn about the different clouds and they all have different names. Don't ask me. I don't know the names of them off the top of my head. But they're classified by their altitude. So the ninth is the highest, and it's called, pardon me mispronouncing this, cumulonimbus. Uh, you can tell we don't rehearse this podcast or else no. we would know how to pronounce these things. My bad. But so that it refers to a large fluffy cloud, large fluffy cloud associated with thunderstorms. But after reading a lot, uh, reading more into this, there isn't a lot to really back that as being the reason that Cloud Nine is referred to the way it is now, being top of the world or extreme happiness. Okay, but if we, you know, minus you know any evidence, I guess, of that being the reason, if you just took it from the literal sense, you did say the cumulonimbus cloud was the highest one. It's like the most altitude. It's right. the ninth layer of clouds. I guess right. You could so say. I mean, it'd be like it would be the top of the world. Yeah. So you were right. So. I would, from a literal standpoint, I mean, that sounds pretty, pretty good. So I did some more research because I was curious if there's any other possible origins. And the other one I found, which I think makes a little more sense based on your intro about the number nine. In Buddhism, cosmology, um, they refer to the different levels of existence. And for Buddhists, the ninth cloud or the ninth state, is the highest state of consciousness and enlightenment. Okay, and I think Buddhism has been around long. Actually, I know Buddhism has been around longer than people have known about the nine levels of cloud altitude, you know? So, all right. So I think it has more of a basis in that sense um, that we've started to use it in more um, common ways and media mainstream right? um right so another thing is that um in albums um of george harrison or the temptations in the 80s and late and late 60s they would refer to things uh being on cloud nine okay so i think that also is how it goes from maybe being something religiously related to then being used in more mainstream media, like we've talked about with other phrases. Yeah, I was about to say, we've seen that a lot in our other phrases, where as soon as a, a book or a TV a song, show or yeah. a song gets a hold of it, it does take it beyond its meaning, where now it's just sort of a phrase that right. everybody knows. Um, there was that TV show we watched, right? Was It, um, it was called Cloud Nine? Or no, it was called Superstore, right? It was called Superstore. I thought the store was called Cloud Nine. Yeah, the TV like show was called Superstore. It was on NBC, I think, right? But the their big box store was called Cloud Nine. Um, I'm not sure how that's related, but <laughs> I just that's what I thought of. All right. All right. What do you got for us, Jason? This one is fancy. So this is the phrase "dressed to the nines." So Lisa, have you ever 
told your husband he was dressed to the nines? Um, I've never used those words. Are you calling me a bum? No, I would say you look handsome, you look sexy, but I've never used the word dressed to the nines. I feel like, personally, when I hear that word, I hear it should come from, like, an older person, or it's like a 1920s term. Like, not something I would use today. You are an older person, by the way. Not old enough to be using that okay. phrase, no. So, in case you're at a complete loss and you have no idea what we're talking about, um, to be dressed to the nines um, means you are really fancy, right? You, you picture a you know guy in a really dapper suit, you know, really, um, really put effort in, right? Looking sharp. So it's the actual phrase is just to the nines, which you can put after anything. To the nines is it like a unit of measurements? What do you mean a unit of measurement? Um, in regards to, you know, scaling how good something looks or how good something is. So I could refer to, like, food? Yeah, you could say, you know, this food is, you know, to the nines. Again, that sounds weird because the phrase is so commonly used with dressed to the nines. So to use it in any other sense sounds a little off, doesn't it? Like, I would say this chicken parm tastes to the nines. You could, but again, it would be... It doesn't roll, doesn't roll off, off the, the tongue. Yeah. No, not at all. It doesn't sit on the ear very because well. Because I either. feel like, I'm sure you'll tell us, but I feel like it's had some, you said it's commonly been used referring to people's clothing. Yes. It's probably gained its momentum and popularity that way. So we're Absolutely. not used to seeing it or using um, it in that other way. But, so why nine? Again, I think this goes back to the numerology thing that we talked about at the beginning of the episode. Um, on a scale, when you judge something, it's a scale of one to 10. One to 10, right? So 10 I, is impossible. 10 it's is perfection. perfection right? yeah. And perfection can, you know, never be reached, you know. So 9 is really the best you can hope for, right? That's what I tell people about, you know, Lisa all the time. I was like, she ain't a 10, but she's a 9.9, .9, right? <laughs> Which I also stole from a song, but. Um, yeah, so if you are using that scale, Right, nine is the best you can do. So to be dressed to the nines means you are as handsome or as sharp or as you know clear cut as you're gonna get. Um, and then you're right when you said that it probably gained its momentum in the fashion world. It did. This goes back to tailoring back when you know the gentlemen had their suit made. Um, they would use that you know that idea of you know, because a tailor's making your suit, like, they've got to use actual fabric and actual, you know, garments, you know, and it was all sorts of things going out there that um, the best and highest quality fabric it was used. It took nine yards of clothing. Yeah, which we'll touch on again with another one of the nine phrases, but we do see that being how a lot of, you know, men were judged, right? Did you get the finest fabric, and was it tailored exactly right? Do you think, do you think dress to the nines is more of a male-centered um, phrase? Uh, yes, absolutely. Because I don't, I don't think you've ever, I don't think, I mean, personally, I can't see a male uh, going to a woman and trying to be, you know, forecoming and, like, tell her how good she looks. Like, you're dressed to the nines today. I can't see that being something that you would use i mean i guess it I, would work so i wonder though if because you know like we just mentioned the scale is one to ten if somebody called you know you're trying to pick up a lady and you said that they were a nine i don't feel like that pickup line would work wouldn't they want to be a ten 
Yeah, I agree. I think now again, if that if why that, do you think it works on men though? Like, do you think men don't care? It's just easier to please. Okay. Absolutely. No, what well, goes back to the tailoring thing? If the highest quality fabric was used and it was the best fit, you were a nine, right? Because perfection's not possible. Um, but I am usually only dressed to the nines if there's a wedding involved. <laughs> um, other than that, I'm dressed to the seven, maybe. I don't even dress. I wouldn't say you're dressed to the seven today because we're sitting here in pajamas. I'm on Christmas break. This is about as good as it's going to get. That that's your seven. Yes. All right, uh, Lise, What's the next one you got for us? All right. So I got the phrase nine lives. Like cats. Yeah, but sometimes you refer to like people. Like, so let's start with what it means. So the meaning it refers to someone being resilient, um, a high survival rate. If that makes sense, an ability to become like to overcome things. So I I've heard it used on people. You know, if somebody is resilient or they're constantly getting out of jams, they'll say, oh, yeah, he's got nine lives. I always assume that was a reference to the cat has nine lives phrase. It do- it does reference that. And obviously, cats don't have nine lives. Yes, I know. Okay, but... Thank you for clearing that up for our listeners. If you're listening, newsflash, <laughs> cats do not really have nine lives. You heard it here first. All right. Anyways. For hundreds of years in history, uh, cats were related to, like, witchcraft. And they tended to get into lots of little messes and come out unscathed, right? They weren't killed from it. But, um, so in ancient Egypt, right, the sun got a tomb in the form of a cat came to visit the underworld, right? And apparently, according to what I've looked up, gave birth to eight other people, resulting in essentially nine lives. So that was one possible where that came from. So for everybody that knows me personally, I'm a history teacher. And, um, you know, for a few years I've taught ancient early world civilizations. And I I teach ancient Egypt. So to listen to Lisa do research and explain this to me is exhilarating. (laughs) Um, She's explaining it um, very well, by the way. But you're right, yeah. Um, and so also, going back to ancient Egypt, Egyptians, they worshipped cats. And they mummified even their own pet cats. Which I thought was kind of interesting, which I'm sure you knew, seeing that you taught. That's not Egypt. that weird. There are people that get their pets taxidermied, which I'm not sure if that's the word either. But, I mean, we do that now. You get, you know, an animal dies, you get it stuffed. I'm not saying it's normal. I'm saying people still do it now. Okay, so the fact I was going to be... say, I love our Ophelia to death, but I don't oh, want, I don't want her. No. life size. Okay. Yeah, I'm just saying, uh, it's people do it now. Go on. So, another thought is, um, so it goes back to ancient Greece, which a lot of our phrases do as well. Um, nine represented a magic number. It was associated with the gods. Uh, for example, they believed it took nine days to fall from heaven to earth. How long did it take you? hi Someone's trying to get lucky here. Um, in Hinduism, nine is considered a complete and divine number. And in China, nine is associated with the dragon, a symbol of power. So just like you talked at the beginning, this nine number really has a significance in being important. Like spirituality right. and religion and, you know. So to go to the more logical um, way that this phrase was probably came about, 
was so cats have what's called an an air writing reflex. So cats are unique to be able to twist and maneuver their body in the air to help them land safely on their feet. So they're more likely than other animals, I guess, if jumping out of a window or falling out of something, to land on their feet. So this is also a common thing about cats, right? Don't they say, oh, they'll always land on their feet? Right. Obviously, they don't always land on their feet, but because of the ability to twist their body and maneuver it midair, they have a more likely chance than maybe, I don't know, a dog or another animal. I ain't going to sound ridiculous saying this right now, but the thing you're talking about, that ability to like maneuver midair, um, is that like you watch the Olympics, like gymnasts, when they're like flipping and then like in midair, they're twisting and doing like i wonder if it's the same thing you oh know? they have like a feature that humans have the ability to like yeah to their torso yes or like a figure skater you know somebody you, you always see this crazy stuff especially during the like olympics the gymnast? yeah, yeah. I, I always see like i just wonder if the thing cats have is also in humans but those athletes have it you know more they, they're trained and they practice it more that's true yeah i mean so i guess it goes back to nine lives being something that, like you just kind of overcome crap that comes your way resilience yeah right so but i think we've learned that nine has quite the powerful meaning yeah it's nice to see something cross that threshold between oh this is a spiritual or religious thing and then it's also a math thing you know which is very logical so you can it's kind of it, li- it lives in both worlds mm-hmm. and it's funny because when i was looking up other countries um in the middle eastern countries they believe that cats have six lives while uh, Spanish countries refer to seven lives. So where the phrase is nine lives here, over there, it can be it can be a different numeral can be used to kind of describe that resilience. If a cat moves from one of those countries to this country, does it get more lives? <laughs> no. Well, in America, we, we'll, we'll, we'll say so. I'm sure if it comes to America, we'll... If it makes America look better? Absolutely. Uh-huh. Of course. All right, what do you got for us? The, the last phrase we're going to do is the whole nine yards. Uh, have you heard this before, Lisa? I, I've heard it before, and then I'm just thinking, wasn't there a movie? Yes, completely unrelated to Okay, this. but I'm yeah, just like, that's what, what comes to mind. Who is it? Uh, uh, Bruce Willis, uh, Matthew Perry. I don't know who else was in it. Okay, but okay, yeah. there's a movie. So, yeah, so the whole nine yards. This is... I was excited to do this phrase, right? Because, you know, as if you've listened to the podcast, you know I'm a big football guy. And I thought for sure that this was going to have some sort of sports, you know, answer to it. But then when it didn't, it's actually not that shocking because, you know, for any football fan, uh, nine yards is... It's not even a first down, yeah. right? Oh, my God. You guys have no idea how proud I am of her right now. It is not a first down. Thank so you. So that wouldn't... Okay. So, yeah, so it doesn't make but sense. But it, it sounds, I think, just because it has a number in it, and it's referring to, like, yards, I think it just kind of draws your attention to a yeah, sport. So, but, so if you go the whole nine yards, it the, the phrase is meant that you went all the way. But you're right. It, it's, it's not ten yards. You didn't go all the way. So where does this come from? And um, sorry to disappoint, this is one of those um, phrases that just, it lives in the ether. There's... And I tried, you know, for hours to track down the origin, and it's all myths and legends. And so instead of trying to identify the one I thought it was, I pulled a couple um, that seemed to have not more evidence than the next, but just 
were more there. believable or like sure. more information on it? Okay. Yeah. So one, if you use the sports, you know, reference, it's you know, baseball has nine innings. So and baseball is one of the oldest sports, especially here in America. So to say, oh, well, you went the whole nine yards, it meant you went the whole game. You played the whole amount. So announcers would say this, like, we're going to go the whole nine yards today. Um, so. I, like, I, I see where the relevance could be of being nine innings, but I just don't, I, I can't see it being used. I mean, have you heard it, have you heard it used in baseball? Yes, but I, again, I've heard it used now in baseball, which could just be a result of the phrase being so popular. Not, it's the origin of that phrase. Okay, would it be used to, like, represent getting a home run then? Like, because like, if he went all the way and got it into the stands or got it outside the ballpark, so, or no? So why you think that is because when they hit a home run, oftentimes the announcer will say he went yard. Um, okay. So maybe that seed is planted. They're referring to, like, a, a baseball stadium being like a yard, like a park. So okay. to go yard means to go the whole way. Oh, um, okay. So tell so, us, where are the other origins possibly? The one I really wanted to be true, because I thought it was great, was ammunition belts. So during uh, the wars, specifically World War II, um, there's this theory that suggests that fighter planes were equipped with these, you know, these giant machine guns, and they had nine yards of ammunition like you know, the belt that like it yes. looks like just like um that you would a whole see bunch like, of ammunition ammunition just like yeah like you would see like rambo wearing around yes, his chest okay. so same thing for these big guns they had nine yards so if you went the whole nine yards it meant you used all of your bullets and you you know ideally shot down whatever you were trying to do Heck, okay that 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 sounds pretty believable that's that's the one i wanted it to be did you um, did you happen to look up how long the ammunition belts were? Oh, yeah. All of that is true. Okay, so ammunition belts even to, or I obviously don't use them that way now, but they were in nine yards. Yeah, so the, okay. the the problem here is it's a chicken or egg scenario. Did they just happen to be nine yards and then people made it fit that phrase? Or because they were nine yards, people said that. So it, we don't know which one came first. And that's kind of the thing I noticed when going down the rabbit hole with all these different theories is that a lot of them because the number nine is so significant, a lot of them seem to be made afterwards, you know, and they, oh, well, it's, that's what the whole nine yards means is because the ammunition belts, but there's no real evidence to suggest that that's actually the origin. So you're saying that people probably, people more than likely use the number nine in these phrases or in describing things because of like the spiritual or power that that number seems to hold across other entities. Yeah, maybe. Like, just because, I mean, they're not using six or five or something, right? They're using nine for a reason. Yeah. So, and based on what I could find, and again, there was very little actual evidence to support an origin. Um, the one that I think was probably the most true, kind of goes back to what I was talking about a little earlier. Um, it goes back to ceremonial clothing, like Scottish kilts. Okay. So, you know, there's there's some out there that believe that this phrase originated from the amount of fabric it takes to make some of these ceremonial clothings, like a kilt or a scarf or a headdress, things like that. Um, typically, is made with nine yards, um, but no real evidence there. And the problem is, you know, I don't know that there would have to be one standard length for all these different styles of clothing. 
Well, I mean, especially like a kilt being a skirt, I picture depending on if the person is extremely tall versus extremely short, size-wise, they might be using nine, sure, as a general, like, measurement. And then some people you might have to remove yards versus exactly. So, yards, so again, there there is no way to tell if you just happen to use nine yards of fabric and you just happen to have nine yards worth of ammunition and you just happen to play nine innings of a baseball game. So because of that, they adapt, you know, they try to claim that the whole nine yards is about them. Like I said, chicken or egg scenario. So not really a way to pin that down. Again, my guess would be it's probably something, you know, more towards the ceremonial clothing. Because if you use the whole nine yards, it probably means you made a really nice scarf, a really nice headdress, really nice kilt. Use all the materials. Yes, okay. which would mean you're also dressed to the nines. So, again, I wonder if there's some relation there. And normally, with especially on this show, we try to pin down something that can be you know, show definitive roots. It just, it wasn't possible. I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, it was cool depending on what, where your head's at. You can kind of see it going any which of the three ways, yeah. too. Well, and cool. again, there was more that I didn't even talk about. They, it apparently takes nine yards of fabric to, you know, create a sail mast that a boat would use. And, you know, sailboats have been around forever, so that could have been it. Um, I just... Not- that one, I, I, I see being a, I mean, I see it being stretched technically because I don't see what how you use that phrase in. Well, to to use the whole nine yards of the sail would mean to put the sail at full mast, so you would be going the whole distance. Okay, I I, I could see that if Again. I add all the pieces together, but maybe we shouldn't end it. Maybe we shouldn't have ended the podcast on one that was this confusing. <laughs> um, but we do have our listener. Um, oh, I'm excited. Yes, our listener request. So this is coming from text message. And again, if you don't know us personally, um, just comment on Instagram, you know, with the word or phrase that you would like. Um, but this one, a buddy of mine shot over um, and he wanted to know about the different names we have for police officers. Like, why, why are there so many different uh, variations out there? Um, okay, because some are more... I guess I wouldn't say negative or positive, but some, some have a more oh, of a negative connotation to them. Than so others. not even that. He just meant why we call police officers. Like, what's the other name for a police officer? Is that cop? So that's it, right? Cop. Okay. So there's no it. Cop isn't even shortened for police officer. You know, it's not like you say PO. Mm-hmm. Like cop is just a whole new word, right? And if you ever watch those old timey movies, you know, with the 1920s gangsters, they didn't even call them cops. They called them coppers. Right, you'll never get me, copper. Right, so how can I feel like that was just yeah. I when I when I've heard that now looking back, it was just a way of just a twist on the same term, just to make it sound less formal. Okay, so in so again, what we do on this podcast, we go after words and phrases. So mostly focused on phrases, but um, I took this this word because I thought it was really cool. Once I started digging. Um, Cops or coppers are police officers because of their old-timey uniform, like the original police officers. Remember, they wore those very formal black, I'm sorry, blue sort of dress coats. Okay. And each dress coat had those giant buttons. Um, again, a very formal. Like a star. Like the sheriff would have like the star, right? Well, there. that would be the badge, yeah. Okay. So anyways, the buttons, the giant buttons on a police officer's coat are made from copper. 
or they were. So that's why they called police officers coppers. The ones that wearing the copper buttons? Yeah, they were talking about their copper buttons. So you would say, oh, here comes a copper, referring to here comes somebody with the copper buttons. And then that eventually gets shortened to cops. And now I would probably say cops is more common than police officers. Right? I mean, police officer, I think, goes back to what you're saying. It sounds very formal. Yeah, I, th- I think when, like, a whole bunch of adults are standing around talking about certain things um, in the news or something like that, they might say, oh, that police officer or – but I even think then it's more – I almost always say cops. I, I think on the news. On the news, they'll use police well, the, officer. Yeah, they're, well, they're trying to be formal. more formal. Yeah. Um, or if you're talking about a generic situation, I think, but when you're talking, like, real life, like, oh, look, there's a cop over there or, oh, there's a cop in front of you. I've never used there's a police officer in front of you. Because so, that just sounds, I don't know, it sounds strange. Yeah, no, no, I agree. But I just thought that was really cool. Like, we took their formal name, police officers. We gave them a nickname based on their uniform, right? Copper, copper buttons. Shortened that to cops. And now that's what they're called. They're cops. I wonder if, I wonder if police officers, like, like or don't like or don't care. Or if that's just probably become, a like, don't care of, thing. That, that, that's based part on uniform. Of their... I would assume they don't care. That's based on uniform stuff, you know? That makes sense. So, um, all right. Well, our listener request will wrap it up for us today. Again, thank you, for everyone, for listening. And wherever you're listening, please remember to rate and review. All right, and don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Once Upon a Phrase. And last but not least, if you're hungry and in the Chicagoland area, particularly Andersonville, um, give our buddies a shot, Fat Chris's Pizza and Such. Uh, they, you know, dine in, carry so out. So delicious. Yes. Uh, Detroit style pizza, but they make a mean thin crust too. So whatever your fancy is. Bye, everyone. Bye. Have a good one.